It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. And welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast talking real estate around the UAE and available on Spotify and Apple and of course wherever you get your podcasts from. And it's another weekend, uh, yeah, a Saturday morning and the 21st day for October. And coming up in just a moment, we have another Saturday morning property market update. Of course, we have this every week, every Saturday. We reflect back over the last seven days and we bring you some of the activity that is happening in Dubai and around the UAE. Of course, it has been another busy week. Has there ever been a slow week this year? I don't think so. And just on that uh, subject, Dubai's luxury real estate developer Omniyat is set to expand its property portfolio by 50%, reaching $15 billion across the next two years. Omniyat, if you don't know, is renowned for its upscale projects in Palm Jumeirah and Business Bay. And with a substantial increase in home sales, particularly valued over that $10 million price tag, it is giving this particular developer plenty of confidence to continue. It's the Saturday morning property market update. Join us for a deep dive into the world of real estate on the Dubai Property Podcast. Yes, it is that time. It is a another episode. And with me once again is Matthew Gregory. Nia Gaskin is here. And we have for the very first time on the podcast, Dean Douglas Evans. And we will come to you first, Dean, because we're going to be talking about the, the renovation boom and what are you seeing on the ground in the communities where you work and the renovation boom on units to bring them up to this luxurious standard of course that investors are wanting yeah good morning uh, thanks for having me on yeah so i i work in in some of the villa communities in dubai and what i'm seeing is we, we're getting a high high demand of investors coming in looking for the kind of older more rundown villas typically to renovate them and flip them essentially and look for look for a high return now they're looking for some villas that are typically rundown they're looking for villas that have particularly nice views potential to extend the plots um, or add on an, an additional bedroom. So the majority of clients I'm working with at the moment are looking for exactly this. And what's been happening like over the last 12 months around this whole reno? Because there was sort of a patch there, I think, where it was quite flat. Yeah, I think so. But obviously, you're, we're competing against the off-plan project. So if someone's looking to come in and purchase something which offers a high return on investment, they can either look at getting a luxury villa from an off-plan project and flipping it on handover, or else they can come into some of the established communities, pick up a, a rundown villa, uh, renovate it, and then they're getting pretty much the same returns. And they know that the, the community is already established, so the need is already there for those luxury villas. And what have you seen in this particular space, Matthew? 
I used to live in the Springs and I think I only moved out a couple of months ago. You literally couldn't walk the dog without seeing every other villa having the builders in or the renovation teams in in order to bring it up to either, as Dean said, to a standard whereby the new owner will see a return and or you know to see people that are actually end users coming in and just wanting to make it a family home to their specification. And I think this is where current landlords or, or current owners need to understand that if they're going to do the renovation before selling it, you know, they could actually be on the market for a bit longer because you know, you're doing it to your specification. Okay, so that is the renovation space. I just want to make mention of Mayor 5. This is a residential tower by London Gate. Now, this week, this was sold out within, they've reported in one hour, if you can believe that. That's one hour of its official launch in Dubai's Jumeirah Village Triangle. The tower is featuring about 102 units, and that is slated for completion in Q4 of uh, next year. That is not bad, uh, Matthew, if you're able to sell out in one hour. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we read these stories week in, week out. And I think that you and myself and, and Mario on the other show are talking about this every week or every other week for us. We had Palm Jebel Ali selling out in an hour. We had the DIFC project selling out in well, what might have been minutes, actually, as opposed to even an hour. So I think it just shows the appetite and the demand for these projects in good locations, right? And I think that this JVT project, again, south of the Alcal Road, gives a great opportunity for, for people to get into the marina quickly. You know, you don't have to hit Hesse Street, which as we all know is a, is a complete disaster in the morning for those coming anywhere further than uh, from JVT. So, doesn't surprise me whatsoever. It would be a great project. You know, I know a few of the people behind the launch, you know, and I saw on their Instagram that it was absolutely packed out down at the Ritz in DIFC. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. If you're confused about the property market, don't be. Unlock and educate yourself with the latest trending analysis and interviews. And you're listening to the Saturday Morning Property Market Update. Yes, the weekend is here. Enjoy it, whatever you are up to. And the UAE Tech Startups, now they are at the moment benefiting from lower licensing costs and incentives as they absolutely thrive in the digital landscape. If you take a look at DI AFC. We're constantly talking about that location. It is booming as a real estate hub and the UAE's tech sector remains strong despite global tech industry fluctuations and also Dubai's Internet City maintains high demand at the moment for space reflecting the region's commitment to technology investment. So the sector is definitely continuing to attract and we're also this morning talking about new developments and let's have a look at the Saudi effect. Two more mega projects launched this week. Matthew, what are your thoughts regarding this? 
the news from the region at the moment and a stat that I heard um, I'm pretty confident of is 70% of all the region's construction is going on in Saudi. Now, you just got to see the amount of construction going on here in Dubai and you think, well, wow, that is a huge figure. And they've just launched two more mega projects in line with what is their 2020 vision. This is the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia to develop distinctive experiences across the kingdom. So we've got Neom already, again, a mega project you know, sucking up for the construction skills within this region and globally, actually, from a stat that I heard from Hayes the other day. So again, more news coming out of Saudi Arabia, more projects that I'm sure that we're not going to, you know, hear the end of for uh, for many, many years to come. And I think now that the Crown Prince has actually turned Vision 2030 into Vision 2040 to continue this investment as we go through what is the decade after the one that we're in now. And Nia, what do you think is the future of Saudi for the next, uh, I don't know, say 10 to 15 years? I see it as, you know, hopefully a more desirable place for people to live. I know quite a lot of people who work in Saudi in the weekdays and then fly back to Dubai to live on the weekends. At the moment, they just, it's a lot more going on in Dubai. It's a lot more built up with more communities. I mean, even one project set to, you know, be 2.5 million square meters wide, um, the Al Wadi project, um, it's going to contribute estimated 19 billion of non-oil money to, to Saudi's GDP. Even driving down the street, you see a lot of, you know, visit Saudi signs and when they had the Saudi Pavilion Expo. I mean, I myself, I didn't know how many different kinds of climates are in Saudi. I didn't know they had huge tropical rainforests, for example. Something I didn't think about, you know, when I was in the UK, but moving here, I've seen it come up a lot and and more people are visiting there for even weekend trips. And while I've got you there, Dubai's Rental Dispute Centre. Now, this is embracing cutting-edge technology in a bid to streamline legal proceedings, and they've unveiled this metaverse litigation. It's a virtual platform for real estate dispute resolutions. I mean, this is the way that we're heading, right? AI. Yeah, I I mean, I really do hope it comes along effectively quickly, because the courts here whenever a tenant or a landlord goes to court, everything's in Arabic. So if you don't speak Arabic, you have to just trust that the person representing you is saying everything how you want to come across. They don't speak English to you. It's quite a lot of, of not really knowing what's going on. It's a lot of grey areas. Yeah, because it would make it a lot easier, I guess, if it is in English as opposed to, you know, a language that you're struggling to understand. Yeah, absolutely. And also just all the grey areas that I've spoken to to various owners and, and buyers and things about doesn't seem to be like a black and white answer for a lot of the problems, whereas AI hopefully will, will minimise that and you'll just get a, a clear-cut answer a lot quicker as well because you've got to pay court fees, you've got to pay lawyer fees. It takes a lot of time to get these things resolved. So hopefully it'll just be a lot less stressful for everyone involved. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not too sure how I'd feel about a robot judge ruling my case in regards to a rental dispute, but obviously there's pros and cons to that. If it's going to speed up the process, I think that's, that's going to be beneficial for a lot of uh, tenants and landlords. Yep, so AI, it's definitely going to be a big part of the real estate sector. What about running and with plenty of height? Because I understand that this is a, is it a Guinness World Record, Matthew? 335 metres. Tell us what's going on here. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a bit of news that caught my eye this week. A new Guinness World Record for Dubai amongst the hundreds of other ones they've got. They've stuck a running track 153 metres in the air on top of the building, which now makes it the highest running track in the world. You wouldn't want to take a trip. The siding looks relatively small. Maybe it's the perspective. Pretty impressive. You can see the Burj Khalifa and other towers. But yes, yet another world record for this city. Yeah, no good if you suffer vertigo, of course, but obviously runners like to run just about anywhere these days. Let's get back on to some of these launches this week in Dubai. Maidan Resort Living. More amenities than most Western cities. 35 hectare lagoon. Tell us about this one, Matthew. The sheer volume of amenities that this area is looking to to develop. But what really caught my eye here is the Crystal Lagoon. Lagoon and beaches, 35 hectare lagoon where people can partake in kayaking and paddleboarding. I think this particular district is going to be something that, you know, everyone's going to be looking at in terms of the amenities that they've got. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same with like places like Talal Al Gaf, Damak Lagoons. They're all kind of coming out with the same concept where you can go out paddleboarding, you can go stand up paddleboarding, kayaking. There's so many amenities coming through that just are attracting people to these uh, villa communities. Yeah, so um, most of the new pools and lagoons now are all fitted with coolers as well. So when you're getting in, in the hot summer months, it's basically like getting into a warm bath. Um, it's not very pleasant. So I mean, a really, really hot bath. So they have yeah coolers and heaters now for the winter months. So very accessible, encouraging people to to stay here and live here for those six hot months of the year as well. They have a British curriculum school near too, which is going to be opening and very easy bus links to the, the metro as well. So accessible for people who, who aren't driving too. Yeah, sounds like a pretty interesting development. Now, talking of all of these developments on our Saturday morning, there is plenty, as we know, of global unease. But the the property market is continuing to push forward despite some of these global pressures. Yeah, absolutely. So even apartments rose 1.5% in September. You've still got, obviously, as we touched on all of the, the new projects every single bi-weekly, we've got something launching pretty much every day. Population is still growing. Now sort of the high season. So people are coming over here on, on holiday. The, the months are cooler and they're thinking, oh, I actually quite like it here. I'm going to move over and stay. You know, September's a very busy month. It's the big busiest quarter as well. So yeah, especially, you know, in the UK, it's not doing great property-wise. Um, and quite a lot of them are moving over here so i come into contact with a lot of people from the uk european people and you know, lots of lots of countries feel the same that they feel their money will be safer in dubai yeah also we're seeing investors continuing to pick up apartments from the secondary market now obviously the rental values are still increasing they're still holding strong so they're looking to cash in on the the high rois and maybe that's taking a little dip in in off plan but they're definitely still picking up secondary apartments to obviously rent rent back out and, and get a, a return on their investment yeah, I think like Ding said, right, I think that, you know, apartments are still a huge appetite for them, especially for investors, albeit, you know, across the UAE. Yeah, I think that prices are, are not necessarily slowing down, but we're starting to, what I believe, to get to a peak, you know, 1.5% in growth, you know, compared to other months definitely gives us reason to believe that we might be coming to that point. But look, you know, my crystal ball only goes as so far as about an hour's time, given the property market and what we talk about here. So who knows what will happen? But yeah, I certainly think that we've still got some opportunity in front of us, despite what might be the sort of regional economic challenges, given what's going on uh, you know, in countries close to Dubai. 
Yes, indeed. All right. Well, that kind of wraps us up once again. It goes by pretty fast, the Saturday morning property market update. Uh, Matthew, enjoy your day and your weekend. And you, Craig. Yeah, have a good Saturday. And Nia, thanks for coming on to the Dubai Property Podcast again this morning. Thanks for having me again, Craig, and I'll see you next time. And Dean, uh, first time up uh, this morning. Thanks for coming on to the Dubai Property Podcast this morning. Yeah, no worries at all. Thanks for having me on. If you're confused about the property market, don't be. Unlock and educate yourself with the latest trending analysis and interviews. Every two weeks in this particular company, they get between 40 and 60 new agents, which is a lot. And that's just one company. So you times that by the 4,000 companies that are in Dubai. And I have to say the industry is really saturated with agents. The one really interesting statistic that we got told on the first day is that the turnover rate is about 22 to 25%. You sent me a video and honestly, this looked like the the trading floor of the New York Stock Exchange in 1987. (laughs) It was crazy. I mean, there's so many shenanigans going on. Some people fainting because it was very warm (laughs) in there. I mean, there were thousands of people. To the other videos where you actually see people sort of jumping over cordons, running, trying to get to the front of the line, literally put their, their token in so they have an ability to, to buy. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.